Hello listeners, welcome to a brand new episode of Everybody's Eats, your favorite legal and English speaking podcast. I'm your host Nath Barbadikar as usual. Joining me is your co-host for the day, Alex Collins. Alex, how's it going? Oh, for the day. I feel like now I'm, you know, constantly fighting for next contract, but yeah, it's good to be. It's good to be here. Um I'll have to apologize I'm a bit sick again. Um you know what Nath, I've kind of realized how embarrassing it is to always be sick and then have to apologize to like just the listenership both here and on podshot i've realized i need to i don't know what it is with me this last year i think you just assume that is. listeners know that you are unwell and they are praying for your recovery yeah so. sound a bit nasally but yeah let's move let's go forward with the pod yeah yeah we are we are discussing a lot of interesting action from the first game week over the past weekend we had a lot of interesting games and matchups some of which we are going to discuss today on the pod including Nice versus Lille, Marseille versus Reims, PSG versus Lorient and Olympique Lyon versus Strasbourg. So, I think maybe Alex we try to explain to our listeners why we're trying to pick out these games. Nice versus Lille, Farioli's first game, Fonseca's second sort of uh, season and sort of seeing more of what he can do. Yeah, obviously I think first game week of the season we, we don't have a take on all the teams so far and we also it's not worth deep diving on one so we thought let's watch a couple games together and then you know yeah have have takes about those games and maybe initial impressions that we can see going forward in the games we chose as you said Nice versus Lille I think tactically it's interesting we are both very interested in Farioli we're very interested in the second season of Fonseca you know both sides particularly Nice have made some interesting signings um and have some interesting players and and stuff so we we chose that Marseille huge team also new manager always worth looking at Reims our personal favorites I mean I, I should say Lyon that's my personal favorite <laughs> but you know what I mean um and then PSG also another big team new coach Lorient I'm interested to see how they how they fare and then Lyon my side but also Strasbourg I think you know post Bolly takeover new coach in Patrick Vieira well known to the league at least but but yeah i think those those made sense as the four um games to watch for together. sure and in terms of watchability even i think we had a lot of interesting things to sort of take away from those games which we are going to discuss uh discuss today with uh, with the listeners so i suppose it's best we get started with uh, nice versus leo yeah absolutely let's do it you had a you had a take for nice so what we're going to do is basically i think for each game we're just going to have one starting point take I think yeah Nenad will be doing Nice Marseille PSG and Lyon actually and then I will be doing the other teams so the Lille, other teams France yeah Lorient <laughs> and then Strasbourg okay let's kick things off with a discussion on Nice and Farioli's first game of course and uh, I think one of the key takeaways that I had from the game is from a player's point of view I think Melvin Bard is going to have a big big season for for Nice he had a really influential role the implementation of some of the things that Farioli was trying to do especially with the build up from the back i think looking back at the numbers from the game he had the most touches which was quite interesting for me to see that he was always the spare man in possession as well like when when Nice were getting pressed Bolka always had the option of going to to Bard and he rarely gave the ball away and i think 
yeah, he was quite secure in sort of what he did with the ball and allowing them to securely sort of progress from defense to midfield and allowing the likes of Thuram and Boga to do their thing. And looking at the way Nice set up as well in the game, Alex, I think they played really, really deep. And uh, we did notice that they were sort of trying to play through the press by deep circulating the ball and then hoping to create those sort of artificial transitions is, is what we sort of call them. And I think Farioli was asked about this by, by the club media after. And he was asked whether it was a deliberate ploy to play so deep against uh, against Liu. And what he said was, and I'll just directly quote him here, he said that the fact that we defended so deep at times wasn't because we wanted to, but was because of Leo's ability to push us back. They are a team that moves a lot and rotates a lot through the middle and down the flanks. We felt a bit tired, especially in the first half, when we had to pull one of our two central players back to break the line and create one-on-one situations. And in doing so, we were much better in the second half in the way we came out and were brave. And I think that we generally agree with that assessment. Uh, what what did you sort of make of uh, of Nice's deep play in this game, Alex? I think for for just to start, I'm so happy that I've like recruited you onto like the money Melv hive because <laughs> Melvin Bart, I think he's really underrated. You know, everyone knows Vakululu, Kakare, Guri, but I think um, he of the 2000 or 2000 crop, he's he's the guy that kind of goes under the radar, but he's really really good. Um, really good player and actually I really like the comparison you made when we were watching the game together that he reminds you a bit of like a like a light a Luke Shaw light and I really do see it like I didn't make that connection before but I really do see it I mean he is someone who can play as part of a back three I don't think he maybe could play you know as a center back but comfortable in a back three also comfortable as a wing back really technically secure um and yeah, and I I think an intelligent player. So I really like that comparison. Um, but yeah, to speak more to what your comments on Nice, I think it, it blends quite nicely into, I guess, the takeaway that I had on Lille. And I thought, um, I think Nice were pushed back a lot, as you said, because of Lille's buildup. And I think it was just, yeah, they were really struggling. The the Their use of the wingers was weird as well. They weren't really um, set up to counter very directly. And but also they were still allowing very easy access to to the wing backs, um, for Lille's wing backs to so Ismaili and it's particularly their new signing Santos on the right, um, at right back. So I thought I thought that was an interesting thing. Having said that, I feel like maybe my takeaway on Lille is that I think they look good structurally. They've changed some things. They're doing more of like a two three with actually Harold's and their new signing off the left kind of joining the midfield weirdly. Um, rather than, you know, Kabea kind of drops out and out pushes out to the left and Ishmaili obviously holds the width. But um, but I feel like, so there's new changes and patterns maybe at play, but I feel like they, they lack Christmas. I'm not, I'm not really ready to say that there's problems structurally. I actually think it is still there. On rewatch, on the first watch, I was like, yeah, they are really struggling to, to kind of penetrate dangerously. So, and I think... Jonathan David maybe could have done more this game. He looked a little bit off it until the second half where I think he grew into the game a bit more, um, particularly when they were not stressed looking for looking for a goal. But but yeah, I think they lacked a little bit of Christmas. I was a bit disappointed with Alan Virginia's um, player I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, I do like him more off the left, but I think, yeah, he really struggled to get involved in the right, despite how easy their access was down the right. And I think looking at Santos' the game that he had, he gave um he gave Nice a lot of trouble. So 
So it was an interesting game. I I think Lille did deserve to win, but but I also don't think it was bad money for a draw on rewatch. I remember the first time we watched, I thought Nice looked a bit of a mess with the out of possession shape, but actually it looked it looked much better on on rewatch. Yeah, I think that tends to be the case that we sort of learn more obviously when we are stopping and watching things unravel as they yeah. go. Yeah. And like especially with with Nice and the chances they created after scoring as well, the game could have gone a completely different way if they had taken those chances. Early on, uh, with I think Toram had a chance where he could have Absolutely. set up Moffe. Boga had a chance as well. So so yeah, some missed opportunities yeah. there. But I mean, I think a positive first experience for 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 Aoli, I think. Yeah, the one that actually does bring the one concern that I maybe have is Lille's con- transition control. I think it was really easy to slice right through them. Right, I mean, I think they are set up to kind of maybe be a, like playing a risky game in transition. But even then, like the way that Lille was that. Even then, the way that Nice was slicing through the middle, it it does bring. It'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. Um, I think last thing I know you want to move on, but just shout out to Daishimi here. I think he's gonna have a big. He's gonna have a big season. I was really impressed with him at the base. Um, for for Nice. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one one more player that I'll definitely shout out. Uh, sort of speaking to your point about uh, Lille's transition control is that Bolka really helped. Nice exploit those spaces in behind with his ability to pass from under pressure. He really, really was good to find the spare man in the middle. It was often Sanson or Turam or Moffi who was receiving his back to goal and laying it off and then the ball going forward. Uh, so I think one question I have with, with Farioli, and this is not something that we can answer now, but it's that obviously we know that he's a Deserbi sort of former assistant of Deserbi, of course, and a Deserbi, disciple, disciple of Deserbi as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've, we, he's famously sort of known in the tactics circles as the Deserby disciple. I'm interested to see if if this approach of playing deep sort of carries through in each of their games going forward. It definitely doesn't seem so based on his quotes after the match. So we'll see. I, I, I guess Lorient next week will be will be a crucial uh, test of that uh, of that approach. But moving on, let's let's go to the next game: Marseille versus Reims. Alex, I think we'll probably start with with Marcelino's Marseille. Let me give my my take uh, takeaways from uh, from their game. So after watching Igo Tudo last season, who definitely sort of, uh, I'd say, clicked the intellectual side <laughs> inside uh, our football tactics brains, Marcelino's Marseille seem a little bit more uninspiring, and yeah, I think on the basis of this game at least, I think while we were watching the game, it didn't feel very exciting. But after watching the game back, I think they'll probably be fine. And our prediction of them being there or thereabouts in European spots should probably still come true. And I think a few players impressed in this one, in particular Vitinha. I think he really showed that he has that he has that dog in him. And he, <laughs> he the way he went up against the likes of Okumu and Abdelhamid to contest the ball and contest 1v1 duels, he really is uh, quite aggressive. Okay, another player that really impressed me in this one was uh, was Azadin Nahi. It really reminded me a little bit of Matteo Guendouzi from last season in the sense of how he was given the keys of creative control in midfield, drifting inwards, and especially the goal. You saw the the movement really come come good in the in the goal that he scored, cu- cutting inside, and then just taking that little touch before he took the shot. Absolutely outstanding and yeah he's going to be a big big uh, creative force for them this season i think with Bettinia, Anjai, Saar and Unahi they have a really really strong front four 
and with the solidity that the likes of Ranger and Kondogbia offer behind him, behind those four, I think it's an interesting season in store for Marseille. Probably not a title challenge. I don't think they'll come as close as they did to pushing PSG and Lens like like they did last season. But I think they'll be they'll be fine. And yeah, I think those are sort of my my takeaways from from the game for Marseille. Uh, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are, Alex. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think Unahi looks like he's going to be the guy for them this season. And Vitinha was his best performance for Marseille. I was quite underwhelmed by him last season. We didn't really know the player coming into the league and he didn't look great. He didn't look great at the Euros either, um, the under-21 Euros. But yeah, this was definitely his best performance. And as he said, he definitely has that dog in him. He was really fighting for the balls. And I think that kind of fits with how Marcelino wants to play. What what really stuck out to me is just how little Rangier and Kondogbia mm. saw of the ball. I think they both made about 20-something passes with, with high accuracy so that they contained it well and, and recycled well, but they weren't really used. The centre-backs were basically just going along all the time. That's It will be interesting to see how that um, pans out. That's a big reason I just don't see them really being a consistently good team to like break down sides the same that they were under Tudor. Um, and it does feel like early signs and we need to, you know, use that disclaimer. Um, but early signs, like it feels like he's not going to get the most out of the team in that sense, but it, they looked structurally good. You know, I think they were really good in their block um, sort of things that you do expect from, from uh, Marcelino. The last thing I think Saar came on and really, yeah, he was just dynamic and, when runs were really starting to tire out, he was really, yeah, <laughs> causing problems. Final ball still maybe not there. Um, there's one where he really should have got it across to Auburn. Yeah, he floated it across the whole box. But but yeah, no, he looks good. No, definitely. And I think uh, just to add to your point about Marseille sort of not controlling games as much, uh, you look at the numbers from the game, Rance had 58% of the possession, which is not something that you would have said last season of a Marseille and Rance game. So yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how Marcelino's sort of almost neglect of of keeping too much of the ball or dominating with the ball will translate against better teams, against other sides that don't have as much of a um, sound approach out of possession as much as Rans do. So we'll we'll see. That's that's the question for you to resolve, Marcelino. <laughs> and I think that takes me nicely to my sort of takeaway. You know, as the designated have a take on Rance guy, right? Um, and that is that that's also not really what you expected of Rance last season, right? To, to be holding that much possession. They were a great side. I think they were a good side with what they did with the ball, but that what they did wasn't keeping the ball for a long time, at least not until, as we've spoken about a couple of times on this pod, the tactical revolution slash evolution that we were seeing at the end, right? That I think did unfairly coincide with them dropping off in terms of the, those long runs of being unbeaten that that will still had and that every news aggregator and betting site wanted <laughs> to make sure we remembered. But um but my take is that I think their new loanee, sorry, their new player on loan, Josh Wilson Abrant, will help continue Will Still's possession-based evolu- evolution slash revolution. I was really impressed with them. I think they actually did start off the game being overly vertical. But not in a like not sensically so because there wasn't space behind to get into the you know um the the Marseille block wasn't really creating these opportunities and they were forcing it forward a bit, kind of what we saw last season, but not really moving through the thirds in that purposeful fashion that we 
we like. But I think what we saw is they, they started controlling possession much better, particularly with the centre-backs as the game went on. And I think Josh Wilson at Brown was a big part of that, obviously coming from City's setup and having trained with the first team. He's very... He's molded in the like that Pep's possession-based system, and you could see him. I really liked it. I, I, I was really impressed by him. He was playing alongside, of of course, um, Captain Abdul Hamid, right? Who's now what thirty-six or something, basically Iran's legend. And he was there telling Abdul Hamid when to come further, when to stay, making sure that he, you know, tried to slow down and didn't rush the ball forward. And I really loved that. I mean, this guy's like what twenty just come on loan um and i don't think he had an amazing performance himself you know i don't i think he looked good uh maybe a little bit sloppy in one or two moments i'm saying this with also crediting him for them being better in possession but but yeah even even with kadra ahead a new signing um replacing flips who i yeah i'm very sad to see go to underlift obviously yeah my son but anyways <laughs> the nuds I've I've complained to another nut about this like countless times already. But anyways, um and even Matusiwa, he was kind of directing them, trying to play these give and goes, trying to slow down. So I was really I really like to see that. And I think just having that sort of tempered approach, it really did affect the rest of the team, I think. And and yeah, I think from there the team started to control more. I think they were the better team. I think they were good value for the win. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, no, all in all, yeah. I think my my takeaway from from the game is that I'm really, really positive on, and uh, not just positive on, but also happy to see that Matsuiwa has sort of taken responsibility and total control of that midfield in the middle. Like last season, you had he had a partner always in say Dion Lopi or Monetsi was deeper, and then Kamadi Dumbia was ahead of them. So you always had someone here Kayus at times, but now you see him sort of taking ownership of that midfield and becoming the guy in midfield to receive the ball, circulate, and being really dynamic in possession. So I was really impressed by him. Another player we have to mention is, of course, the goal scorer, Junior Ito. I think he's going to have a big season. And he was really, really impressive. Um, especially now that Flips is not at the club, he's. I think he's going to have more of the offensive impetus in the final third. So... But also the fact that I think it's more possession-based and, and more contained, I think, actually helps him. Because he was really good in that fast counter-attacking thing, yep. you know, that short and sharp, quick connections. But actually his agility and his ability just to, to turn and create actions really quickly really suits in a possession side because he can suddenly turn it on very quickly and catch, catch teams off guard. And then, yeah, players are ready in positions for him to play the pass in quickly. Whereas that's not always the case in transition, right? Especially now mm. that Bologan's not at the club anymore. Um, so it's another thing where he is that like hub of slowing down play a little bit, controlling. And also just to give give a little shout out to Munetsi, who basically made like, what, five out of nine passes all game or something crazy like that. <laughs> who is, you know, normally a midfielder and played a lot deeper. is just playing as a second striker full on, like a battering ram of a, of a player. But yeah, I'm excited to see what they do this season. Um, I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna look good. Perfect. All right. On that note, let's take a quick break, and after the break, we'll discuss PSG Lorient and Strasbourg Lyon. All right, back from the break, and now we discuss the rest of the two fixtures that we had on the plan for today, starting with PSG nil, Lorient nil, Alex. Do you want to first go with Lorient? I, I know we've done the home team first, but do you want to give your thoughts on Lorient first? 
Yeah, why not? Um, I think it links a lot to to maybe your points or all the points that we bring up against PSG, who what made like a thousand passes, mm. um, which I think was is a new legal record, but at no point really looked like they wanted to score. They just looked pretty <laughs> chuffed, chuffed with the with the possession, um, which is maybe something that we should expect from their new coach. Mm. Um, but. But yeah, for Lorient, I think despite that, I, I I don't think PSG would near at their best. But obviously, you had a lot of concerns about Lorient going into the season, and I thought that they'd be fine because of their, you know, because I think they've got a good defensive coach. I think they can hit teams in transition, and that's basically my takeaway. I, I think they're gonna be fine. <laughs> like if uninspired, yeah. uh, it's not as exciting. They don't have that like counteroffensive force of like you know, in Moffi, in Uatara that they had last season, in, in Enzo being able to maybe slow that things down or control a little bit higher up or play those balls mm-hmm. and connect play. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think they're going to be fine. They were, as they always are, really regimented, playing for their life <laughs> against having, as I said, a team that didn't really look like they wanted to score despite, mm. you, know, you know, being literally PSG. That's what they're supposed to be doing, <laughs> winning the league. But um but yeah, I, I think beyond that I don't I don't have an interesting take for this one. I think I was a bit disappointed with Makengo. He looked like a mess after me talking him up last pod. He looked like a mess. Abajal, their new their captain came through and kind of held down the fort Definitely. thankfully in midfield. Thought Favre was really good. Mm. Um um especially later in the game I actually do think they started pulling teams apart. I thought Panso came on and and made some things happen. I'd like to see more of him this season. Dieng didn't really come off for him, but I think in another day, in another game, like, yeah, the way that they were set up, and yeah, I'm going to let you talk more about PSG, but the territory and possession they had was crazy. I think in another day, without really breaking another team, another day, Dieng gets in behind, and it's a goal, and it's 1-0. So, so yeah, I think they're set up okay. Um, I'm interested to see new players coming in, but... But I have to say, I think this is the the fixture where it was it was hard to take out too much from, at least for me. No, I agree. I agree. I think yeah, I was most impressed by all the things that you just described Lorient's defensive approach to be, and I think that'll that'll probably hold them in good stead for the rest of the season. But speaking about PSG, and I think that Lorient's defensive approach and their sort of uh, almost doggedness in defending to defending the space in front of the box and defending shots itself was the thing that held PSG back. So they set up you know, 4-3-3, Kang Lee, Asensio, both partnering Gonzalo Ramos in attack, Ugarte, Zaya, Emery, and Vitinha. Now, what was really interesting for me to see was that Ugarte didn't really play that pivot role. He was pushing forward alongside Vitinha, almost in the same line. I think Zaya Emery was given some license to move forward and try to break lines, but he also struggled a little bit. And there was a lot of offensive impetus on finding Ashraf Hakimi on the overlap. And they did manage to find him on a couple of occasions, but the final ball was almost always a letdown from him. So in that sense, I'm really, really worried about PSG's sort of focus on getting him on the ball more and more and trying to sort of funnel their attack towards him because you can see that he's just not that guy anymore and they probably need more on the right, which is probably where Usman Dembele, given he can keep his fitness up uh, for a great portion of the season, at least maybe 20-25 games, I think probably good for him. But yeah, I think that's where Usman Dembele will add a lot of value because of his unpredictability, his two-footedness, just how dynamic he is in possession of the ball. And Kangin Lee and Asensio sort of 
two similar players in sort of how they want to cut inside and they want to be more creative presences than sort of more attacking and offensive all-round presences. Um, and I think Usman Dembele in that sense will bring a lot. And reintegrating Mbappe will obviously serve, serve for, for the best. But speaking beyond the attack, I thought PSG looked a bit stale in possession, like you said, attempting the most uh, passes over the weekend. League on record for them. And um, yeah, I think all in all, a little bit uninspiring. Not very dynamic at, at, at attack. Gonzalo Ramos often looked very isolated. And I actually thought his best moments came when he dropped out of the of Lorient's line to try and link play. And that's when PSG were able to sort of disrupt the Lorient block because that was something different that they were doing from the usual sort of U-shaped circulation of the ball. So yeah, I think... I think you need to see more of that from from Ramos trying to be involved with uh, build-up play every now and then to disrupt those low blocks. Because trust me, PSG are going to be coming up against this sort of style more and more often. Because teams will know that this, uh, watching back from from this Lorient game, that this is something that Luis Enrique's PSG struggle with. And especially if, depending on the personnel they choose to field, uh, if they choose to field some uh, combinations like Lee and Asensio on the flanks, they could really struggle. So I think they need more dynamism in the final third. Um, and yeah, I think those are my sort of take takeaways from, from the game for PSG. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm largely with you. I was I was happy to see Zaya Emery start. If we're just talking about starting lineups, I was also happy to see Vitinha start, who I thought mm. I wasn't sure about where he stood this season, especially after the first half of last season. He was a bit timid. I think he grew into himself. And I will say for, for Vitinha, he looks a lot more like he feels like a PSG player does, yeah. this season. I say this I say this without him being particularly penetrative, but I thought he was trying to control play and stuff and, and doing a good job. Um, in terms of, yeah, seeing how this this works, I guess it is still the first game, it's early signs. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, it's, it's worth saying Lorient, like, really set up to not concede. They weren't trying to go in to win this game, yeah. you know, to take the game to PSG. Um, just a side note, that'd be interested to see. I thought Kone was really good when he came on and actually a good change up front, held the ball up really well, right? And allowed them to control the game a bit more. I'd love to see Kone and Dieng maybe play to, alongside each other. Um, yeah, if Lorient move away from a five at the back. But but yeah, with regards to PSG, I, it was disappointing. I'm expecting to see Mbappe in, in the next lineup. They just lack that incision. I think if Mbappe plays... They win, to be honest. Mm. If Mbappe plays, they win. I think they did. It's it's crazy for such an expensive team, but they lacked that superstar quality that maybe they had <laughs> too much of last season. Yeah. But but yeah, I think I agree with you. Osmane, Mbappe come in, and I think it, it's going to be a, a very dangerous team. So so it's with that yeah with that little notes. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. For sure, for sure. I think let's let's move on to the final game that we wanted to discuss, which is of course. Salzburg 2 or 1 Olympic Lyon. Alex, uh, do you want to get us going on Strasbourg? I know you had a lot of things to say about them. Sure. You know what? I'm just going to go with with one thing. I do have a lot maybe that'll come up, but the thing that really stu- stood out to me was in Ishmael de Kure and the new record signing Abaka Asila. Strasbourg have two of the most exciting young centre-backs in the league. Um some of the the passes to Kure was playing particularly in the first half crazy. I think he he locked up, um, kind of locked up Shirky. I think also playing Shirky out wide is is a, a silly is a decision certainly. <laughs> it's a decision. Um, but 
And then he struggled a little bit more when he was put up against Barcola, but I still think he he held his own. Um, Silla really came to life after the first 30 or so minutes. Some of the places, areas he was receiving and carrying forward from were crazy. He was really pushing up quite high um, and causing us a lot of trouble. Us being Lyon. I am unfortunately a Lyon fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was really I was really impressed by them. I, I was also impressed by upfront um, Imege, their new signing. I think... I don't think he had like one of those performances where you go like, wow, that was an amazing debut. But one of those where you go like, okay, this guy has a lot of qualities that he can bring to the squad. Um, I guess if I had to throw another take in there, Bellegarde's going to be super important. He was so impressive in this game, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he drove, he was player of the match for me. Um, Yeah, he drove play. He got a goal and an assist. But like beyond that, constantly driving play. I think that's someone... That's going to be important. We spoke last week about how Vieira kind of needs those creative players to drive play. It didn't really come to my mind initially, but Billigard really does fit that mold. They've obviously also brought in Angelo, and I spoke about needing a creative wide player. I think Angelo is going to be that guy for them, but Billigard's going to be very important as well. And yeah, mm. I think I think they're going to be good this season. They have a very good defense. Obviously, the two young center backs I I spoke about joining um Niamsi in the middle. So. So yeah, I'm expecting them to be a solid, good team. Um, yeah. Perfect. All right. So just to touch on Leon a little bit now. So I think what will define Leon's season and where it will go is the qualitative superiority that they have in terms of their front four. You have Lacazette, you have Kakare, you have Bradley Barcola and Ryan Shecky. Four players who can be very, very potent when they combine, when they're closer together on the pitch and when they can exploit tight spaces in behind and in front of the opposition penalty area. Now, having said that, I think the reliance that they have on Laka's goals can be a little bit of a risk, considering how they really struggle to feed him and give him good service in this game. I think that could be a problem going forward. I think in the back end of last season, on the second half at least, you saw Barcola and Lacazette play more as a front two with, with Shaky behind them. I think I prefer that a lot more than the setup they went with in this game with the double pivot being Lepinon and Toliso, and Shirky being pushed out wide, which I feel is suboptimal at best. Even though he is cutting convert, uh, you're giving Talia Fico a big problem defending all of that space on his own, which we know is that's something he struggles with. He is really good going forward, not as good tracking back. So I think there needs to be some, some shifting around there. And just in terms of uh, uh, the, the shape of the midfield itself, I think the way... The, the diamond worked behind behind Shirky, um, or sorry, with Shirky, with, with Shirky at the tip of the diamond. That that worked a lot better than, than what they're trying to do with this shape here, pushing Barcola out wide. And maybe he needs to be closer to Lacazette so that him, Shirky, and Lacazette can have those combination plays that really stood out for me in this game for Leon, despite the defeat. I think some of their best moments came when they were close together. So I think that that's that's something that they need to focus on repeating and sort of rinsing and repeating through most games because, yeah, Shirky brings so much game-changing ability. As frustrating as he can be out of possession and while defending against the ball, he brings such game-changing ability that he really makes you pull your hairs out with uh, with the quality (laughs) that he has. That if he just had an ounce of defensive ability, just a little bit more, it'd be so good. But oh well. Um, Yeah, that's those are sort of my thoughts. And one player that I'm really, really tipping to have a big season for for Leon is uh, Maxence Kakare, who got the assist in this game for uh, for the goal for Talia Fico. 
really, really impressive performance, covering so much ground offensively, defensively. I think he was all over the place and in a good way, all over the place in a good way. And um, yeah, I'm really interested to see how this forward role sort of works out for him, playing just behind Lacazette. And I think that's going to be an interesting dilemma for, for Laurent Blanc, whether he wants to have the game-changing ability and the creative strengths of Rand Shecky, or does he want Kakai's ability to sort of lead that press and really support Lacazette in, you know, dominating the game and staying on the front foot for, for Leon. So I think that's going to be an interesting uh, interesting dilemma for, for Laurent Blanc. What do you, what do you think? of uh, Leon in this game, Alex. Yeah, I mean, it was a frustrating game for sure. I think especially just against the ball, we were all over the place in a bad way <laughs> rather mm. than in the way that Kakare was. Um, yeah. We were all over the place in a bad way to the extent where sometimes it's even hard to criticize players individually because there's such a lack of structure that you actually don't know like what they can do or if they're mm. contributing to it. They're pro- it's probably a bit of both, um, which is the problem <laughs> with with Lyon. <laughs> I also didn't like yeah. how we, we set out from the start. We were using Shirky really wide. So you spoke about mm. his defensive ability, but he also doesn't have that burst to really drive past someone out wide. True. Um, but True. as soon as you're putting him in the middle, he's one of the best players in the world to receive under yeah. pressure. Like he can just unravel a team right in the middle, playing mm. him in the seams. But if you're putting him out wide to hold the width and then come in, it doesn't really work. Um, so that was frustrating. We also had Barcola really wide. I think he can do a better job there, but we struggled to get the ball to him. Mm. Um, as a result, Lacazette was kind of left very isolated. I have a similar worry um, because we are really banking on Lacazette now at age 33, repeating last season. And yeah, I don't know I don't know how smart that is. I mean, Saar mm. wasn't brought for a small fee, but is not a player that I think is ready for the league even really yet. I think he maybe could have done with a longer time in the Eredivisie. Um, so I'm a bit worried if Laka understandably drops off. We are really just reliant on him putting it away. I think I think you told me that we had the most box entries. I think you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of, Second most behind behind PSG over the weekend. You had the most passes into the box. Okay, uh, good. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it shows that we're getting the ball in there. To Laka, maybe less so. But yeah, like you said, once we get those players combining, we can just take, we can slice through teams like few other teams in the league can, right? So yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see. I'm trying to think of like how we get this together because I agree. I think you have to have Shirky at 10, build around him. Mm. I think Barcola is a right striker, Laka is the left striker, or the other way around. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Those three, but having them in those like middle positions is always the best. Barcola can come wide when he needs to, you know what I mean, um, as Shirky can float everywhere. Then maybe, you know, having Kakare next to, in, you know, maybe a three at the back system because you need the wing backs to bring that width. Yeah. That's what we were doing a lot last season. Um. I think we probably need to go back to that. It's not exactly the best system for the rest of the players, but I think it makes the most use of, of guys like like Shirky. And if you can allow then Kakre to come forward from the pivot, then we can really start to, to cook with, with the players that we have. I would even have Tagliafico. I think the one thing that we didn't speak about, but Kev is a huge loss. I think we mm. looked so weak in the middle. Diamande wasn't looking, Sonali wasn't looking that comfortable at left centre back. I think he was making some nice inside lane passes, but the passes across were, weren't so good. I think um I'm not that convinced by Chiletta, but I guess it's one game. We'll see. Lovron is coming back. It should be said that 
our goalkeeper had an awful game and he is our backup goalkeeper. He's like 40 years old now or whatever. To, he's our backup to Lopez who who's injured as is Lovren. So I'd be interested. I mean, I think for me, maybe the best system would be, yeah, Tagliafico even left centre-back. Someone like Jafinho, left wing-back, to be honest. I know it's very attacking and maybe it would change game on game. But then, yeah, Lovren, centre-centre-back, Sonali, right centre-back, Kumbedi, right wing-back. And I think Kumbedi is very dangerous going, and he can kind of dominate a flank. He's still very young. He's 18. But yeah, sorry. Maybe there were more than just one take that we wanted to go for this, but that's my... (laughs) That's where I feel I'm at with Lyon at the moment. And I think, yeah, I don't think we have that sophistication to achieve it in other ways. So we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, something can be figured out for, for the rest of the season. Maybe we're just overthinking slightly because it's the first game of the season and we, we did see a lot of different issues. But but yeah, well, hopefully Laurent Blanc can put it all together and do some, some cohesive form for the rest of the season. Now, to quickly summarize the rest of the weekend's results, I think the big one was Brest beating Lens 3-2. Um, Monaco had a big win over Clermont Foot 4-2. Uh, Le Havre, the newly promoted team, drawing against Montpellier. Toulouse con- continuing their dominance against Nantes, uh, winning 2-1 away from home. And Rennes winning big against Metz, scoring five goals including goals from Jeremy Doku. So that's fun to see. And Calamundo. And Calamundo, of course, a favorite of the of the pod, and especially Alex. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think one fixture to look out for listeners next weekend will definitely be Ren versus Longs. It's something that we'll definitely be discussing as well uh, in, in the next episode. But yeah, I think overall, a, uh, overall, I think a very positive uh, first weekend in terms of Narrative points, I think, Alex, for, for, for Liga, what do you think? Yeah, look, we can't take too much from these early games. These are just our, our initial thoughts. I'm fully expecting Lorient to suddenly get sliced up 4-0 next game, <laughs> proving me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, maybe suddenly Lyon look like the most tactically sophisticated team. We've seen. That's There's no chance of that. But yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But I think, yeah, we've done our job. Mm, I think so. <laughs> I think so. All right, listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us to this episode. We hope you enjoyed this, and we hope to bring this back to you next week. And look forward to discussing a lot more fun league action. So stick around for that, and take care. Have a great week. <laughs>